Hey, I'm JR. And I'm Mike from the 18 Over Par with Mike and JR podcast. Welcome to season two of the podcast, where we'll continue exploring the sights, stories, and sounds of golf on the prairies, where you'll find some of the most golf courses per capita of anywhere in the world and beer. And Lots beer. of beer. Lots of beer, JR. It's the 18 Over Par Podcast with Mike and JR. You suck, you duckass. Welcome to 18 Over Par with Mike and JR, proudly presented by Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. I'm JR, he's Mike, and today we're joined by CPGA professional Patrick Law. He's the general manager and head pro at Minidosa Golf and Country Club. He's also the co-founder of Marathon Monday, a golf fundraiser for the Canadian Cancer Society. You can find him at patricklawgolf.com. All right, so uh, really excited to be uh, joined by this gentleman. Just before we we came on here, we uh, were discussing how, you know, usually we, we talk about golf stories on the prairies, uh, but it's mainly centered around the city, so Winnipeg. So it's nice to talk to someone from Westman and uh, bringing in Patrick Law to do just that. And we want to give a huge shout-out to Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204 204- Five one five three four four six, and as well, Patrick, we're going to get you a eight-inch custom DQ cake, courtesy of the Nick and Nikki group of DQs. You can find them DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park in the food court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. You can also follow them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. So very simple and straightforward. And even though you are in Westman, we will get you a cake, or maybe we'll just ship you out some stack burgers. Or maybe both. I don't know. Maybe both. Yeah. We'll see what else DQ Nick can get us to send out west for Pat here. He's a traveling man. That's what I've heard. Nick from the Nick and Nicky group of DQs. So uh, he'll be out there. And uh, speaking of traveling men, Mike, I know you are. And uh, we talked about how both of us, we haven't played Minidos yet. And so speaking to uh, Patrick, uh, he kind of forced us into playing there. But I wouldn't say forced more so we've wanted to play it for a while and now we have that uh that person to keep us honest and make sure that we do play it this season that's right i got an invite <laughs> my ambush marketing skills worked on me maybe <laughs> what's uh, what's so special about uh, minidosa from what i've heard it's uh, kind of an out of manitoba experience if you will yeah i mean you think of manitoba i mean not the people that live here so much but outsiders kind of think you know it's prairies it's flat it's everything like that well we're we're in a river valley like a lot of courses are on the river but we kind of have 120 feet of elevation change um the golf course itself was built in two different stages it was nine holes for the longest time and then they built the back nine in 2004 it opened up so versus the front nine was 1997, I believe. So yeah, you've got two very different nines, both with their own attributes. And, uh, 
yeah, it's just a, a beautiful little little golf course. It won't beat you up too badly. It gives you nice views of the town, the valley. Uh, always have it in as good a condition as you can possibly have it when it's not being flooded by the little Saskatchewan. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's a great little course. I, I enjoy playing it uh, as my home course now and yeah, couldn't be happier to do so. Well, let's maybe rewind the clock and go back to how you got started into golf. Was it a parent or was it just um, some sort of weird love for the game? Yeah, no, it was uh, probably the furthest thing from, from my parents because neither one of them golf. Um, <laughs> I, I started golfing when I was about 13, 14. Uh, I, I stopped playing baseball and needed another sport to occupy my time. I was sick of striking out, so... I went to a, went to a sport where the ball doesn't move. And, uh, hopefully, yeah, it, hopefully it, it doesn't move on. Yeah. Well, it didn't stop me from striking out a few times in that either. But uh, yeah. I, uh, I got the, got the hang of it eventually. And, uh, yeah, no, I was really good friends with Josh Whitting, who you may or may not know. He's a little golf prodigy back in the day in, in Glenbro there. And yeah, we were good friends. So I started playing with him and a few other buddies in town and you know caught the caught the bug and got hooked on it and i usually credit josh's grandpa for you know nurturing that that passion and i still use the same golf grip that he showed me and i barely got any lessons since so he's he and all of the the senior golfers in glumbro they're a small rural town are pretty uh inviting and everything of junior golfers as most are. So you're fairly typical small town story going to the golf course every day with the, the buddies and, you know, catching the itch. And from there I got good enough to play a couple tournaments provincially and locally and yeah, eventually made a career out of it. So yeah, it's crazy to think that all started from striking out too much in baseball. <laughs> Did you use the same grip in baseball as you do in golf? <laughs> no, maybe that was the problem. <laughs> what is the grip that you were taught then that you still use today? Uh, it's an overlap grip. So I don't interlock like I'd say a lot of people do or 10 finger baseball, but I was a 10 finger guy. So I guess I was probably using the same baseball <laughs> grip and he told me put them like this and don't change it and I never did so here we are well I'll have to change my grip after this <laughs> yeah I'll get Josh to come show you <laughs> this is going to change everything for you Mike <laughs> yeah so you mentioned uh, you mentioned growing up in Glenboro I mean I, I hear so much about the Glenboro uh, the golf course there you know it, it, um, I think one of our past guests said it was in a top 25 nine hole golf courses in North America. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. And I, I don't uh, turn up an opportunity to mention that too. So I appreciate yeah. you, bring, you bringing that up and not me. Cause I, yeah. people would roll their eyes if I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the book? I think I had looked for it after, uh, after I our have, guests. I have the book. I'll give you a copy when you come play. <laughs> okay. Hey, right on. <laughs> Perfect. Well, We'll have to play Glenboro right after we play Minidosa. We'll have to do a whole Westman uh, tour. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, there's, uh, there's a ton, tons of small town golf courses, very similar to Glenboro around here. It's, I haven't even seen nearly as many as I should. There's, there's absolutely a ton of them. I did that little 
March Madness thing for for nine whole courses, and it's it's fairly uh, Westman dominated just with the way the people that I engage with are. But it just showed how passionate everybody is about their their small hometown, and they're not wrong to be. There's some real awesome courses out there. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly seems that way. And and I threw a few nine hole city courses in as a recommendation. Yep. I'm not sure how many, uh, I think I suggested players and wildwood <coughs> and, uh, Assiniboine maybe, but it's really an 18 hole. I don't think it made the, uh, the, uh, the bracket if you will, but those brackets are pretty cool. Uh, that you, you put up there on Instagram. It was in the and play in like brackets you, and it didn't, it didn't get played. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not this year. <laughs> Maybe if they take out a couple more greens, but uh, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Glenn. Wow. Moving on. Wow. Millsy is going to have something for you. So, Next time you see so him you there, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully a free tea time in the lesson, but, uh, <laughs> uh, so you, 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 you know, you, you, you fall in love with golf. You, when do you decide that you want to make that your future? Uh, probably when most high school kids do and they try to figure out what they're going to do with, uh, with their lives. And I was kind of humming and hawing on a few different things, but, uh, the golf management program in Lethbridge seemed like something that was, uh, going to be pretty up my alley and really piqued my interest went out for a visit there in april of my grade 12 year and yeah i was hooked loved the city uh took a tour of the the college and everything and it it looked great so when did the the same program with Derek goodwin in the same class as him and everything so right yeah we followed down pretty much the same path on the way we got into the industry and everything very cool. Did you know Derek prior to going to Lethbridge? Not overly kind of the same thing. Just see the, the name in tournaments, see him around in tournaments like that. But I don't know if we ever really engaged a whole bunch until we got out there. And yeah, same with Teddy Markham. He was out there as well. Another Winnipeg guy. And yeah, no, it was, there's just the three of us from Manitoba. So we got to know each other pretty well. A couple of Flatlanders. <laughs> yeah, you bet. Well, a whole lot of whole lot of Saskatchewan we had to stick together. <laughs> <laughs> wow, damn Riders fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can't stand them. Can't stomach them. Nah, it's all right. It's a it's a fun friendly uh, friendly rivalry. Um, so what uh, do you actually going back a little bit? Do you remember what your first set of clubs were? Um, yeah, I remember what my first swings with were i don't know if i ever did take them to the golf course but i mentioned earlier my dad doesn't golf mm-hmm. but he had a set of golf clubs they're old northwesterns and wow yeah we're talking the old blades persimmon heads they at least had steel shafts so but uh, you can imagine a 13 year old trying to swing that three iron around the front yard and it became pretty clear i needed something else so i got a couple hand-me-down sets here and there that that i made do with until they realized oh he actually spends a lot of time there and we can get free babysitting if he just goes and spends the whole summer at the golf course so yeah yeah so i yeah i got uh got some mizuno irons uh it was the tiger era so i think i had i know i had a nike putter nike wedges and uh 
Yonex Cyberstar driver was the first Yonex. brand name. Wow. Quotation nice. Yeah. And what a brand name, Yonex. I remember yeah. seeing that in my head, but oh yeah, it was uh it's actually quite a good driver, but it uh it broke and I want to say it wasn't over my knee or anything. It it legitimately broke. And it was one of the happiest days I had on the golf course because I was gonna go get a new driver. So yeah. Had to keep up with the the Joneses and have a brand name driver right. and not, not just Yonex. <laughs> Yonex wasn't uh, Yonex wasn't warrant warrantying that for you? No, they weren't. No. And uh, from then on I just stuck to their badminton rackets. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I know the name. Yeah. Oh yeah. Make, they make good uh shuttlecocks. Yeah. For, <laughs> yeah. Quality quality Hurdles. rackets, drivers. Ah, they're decent. <laughs> They're not, yeah. they're not in the driver game anymore, but, uh, what, what do you have in your bag now? I got uh Callaway in my bag through the whole thing. I'm a proud Callaway staff player. Wouldn't really want to play anything else. I truly believe they're the best brand out there right now through the bag. So yeah, I've got the new rogue ST, um, max LS driver this year. Uh, the same three wood, the, low spin three wood the LS and uh, trying out the apex TCB irons this year, which are pretty good indoors. We'll see how they, how they perform out, outdoors. <laughs> if, the snow, if the snow ever gives up, we'll, we'll get out there and yeah, same wedges I've used for a couple of years now, the, the Mac daddy fives and a uh, two on San Diego putter. Nice. Well, yeah, hopefully that uh, snow does uh, bugger off here uh, real quick. Um, but I guess in a, in a typical year when we're not snowed in, how often do you actually get out to play? Uh, I get out, I force myself to get out at least once a week by committing to playing in the men's league here. Mm. So I get out for 18 holes for that with some members and it's a lot of fun. Um, try and do the same for our men's nights on Thursdays, which is just nine holes but same thing. It's good to get out and socialize a little bit. And then from there, it's just trying to cram as many rounds as I can in on, on days that I have off. That usually means trying to do, you know, 36 or 54 holes in a day somewhere. Cause those days are kind of few and far between through the summer. So yeah, short, short answer long there, but, uh, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate. I think I play a little bit more than, uh, than most professionals get a chance to we're we're all pretty damn busy in the in the summer so yeah i try to i really do love playing golf a lot so i try to make time for it because it's important to to get out and still enjoy the game so you don't uh kind of get burnt out too much by the end of the year yeah well you mentioned being a, a professional i was curious uh so you went so you talked about Lethbridge and then after that, do you, you play in your PAT playability test? Is that, is that right? And, yep. uh, do you remember where was that? Cause we've heard a few good stories about the, the ability tests. So mine was at South Interlake golf course, which is now the whispering winds of Warren. Yes. So yeah, I, we went there and our playability test was 36 holes in one day. And yeah, I did what I needed to do. I have never, never been the, uh, the best golfer in the group growing up and being a junior. And I decided to get my pro card 
after my first year of college. So to start, you know, starting the career process, that's kind of why I got into it. And yeah, but I had a decent day that day, rewinding it all the way back to how I started. Josh Whitting was caddying for me in there. And yeah, I believe I went 73, 74, something like that. Man. But, uh, wow. Yeah. It's, which is, <laughs> that's not a, that's not a brag or anything like that. It was a fairly easy day, but, uh, yeah, there's some guys struggling out there on the old whispering winds. No. 73, 74. The name of the podcast is 18 over par. So <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're easily impressed, but, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a good, good feeling to go out there and, and get that. Cause it's, I don't know. It's an aspect that you don't really, you shouldn't really have to worry about, but it's always another notch to knock off in the whole process of going through and getting your card and everything. And as a 19 year old kid, it, it feels pretty good to accomplish something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh be quite the feat. I mean, even you, you walk 36 holes is it, I imagine. Yeah, you, uh, we did. <laughs> I guess that's not. Uh, uh, you know, that's a pretty long walk. That's a pretty long <laughs> walk. They got a they got a six hundred sixty six yard hole out there. Like right, they're not messing around. No, no, <laughs> those whistling no. winds. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to get out there. I haven't been out there in a while. I think the last time I was there it was still called South Interlake. Yeah, I haven't been been back since. But so yeah. you so you get your pat and you. Uh, you graduate from Lethbridge College, uh, and then then you end up at Shiloh Country Club. That's right. Yeah, um, I worked there in the summers through college and everything. So I started there in 2010, and then when I graduated, started there full time, basically just not leave, not leaving in the fall. And yeah, I stayed there for eight years in total. And yeah, working under Dave Sanaka, who's still there and at Wheat City in, in Brandon now as well. Um, same thing, local guy was a hell of a player uh, in his own right back in his day. I think him and Robbie McMillan had a lot of lot of good battles and, and Dean North. So yeah, it was good to, to work under him and uh, see a different side of things in Shiloh there. Being on a military base, you learn a couple different aspects you might not in other places but they're all awesome awesome lessons and yeah wouldn't wouldn't change a thing playing with some three-star generals <laughs> yeah no i never i was never high enough to play with the, the base commander or anybody like that i was i was still just a lowly assistant okay <laughs> i think did uh did not bobby Ewell did she not uh play there for a bit i don't know if you ran into yeah, her at all yeah yeah yeah, no, I, I met Bobby when she was really young. She got lessons from Dave. I think probably the moment I met Dave, Bobby was there too. She, uh, yeah, she was a good little golfer right from the word go. And you could tell there was going to be something special there. And it's awesome to see her, her thriving down in Longwood. And yeah, I'm sure there'll be more, lots more to come for her whatever she decides to do. She'll probably end up co-hosting a podcast like Mike and I. <laughs> Not saying there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> no. Those are great aspirations, I would say. Hey, amen. Thank you. Yes. 
Yeah. Uh, well, and then, you know, we talked about all these courses we haven't played in Westman Shiloh again, one of them mm-hmm. and, and wheat city. Um, I guess both of those would, would I guess, be surrounding Brandon area. Um, yep. so we'll have to get out there. I'm, I'm sure all the, your Westman followers are like, what is Pat? doing on these city boys podcasts but we're uh, we're trying to branch out there and, and, and you know and uh, and you know see see the world but uh, well you do have that google then, doc sheet there mike of all the golf courses listed uh, in golf I do. For, for golf manitoba so even though there might not be some out that way that are listed in the directory we can add them mm-hmm. so we can put that in the spreadsheet correct yeah. that was yeah. a great idea you had there too i'm glad you're oh. I'm glad you're following through on that thank you yeah I have them all. I have them uh, in an Instagram post. I want to post them all. And I was just waiting to see if Golf Manitoba is going to make their own first. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can we can beat them to the chase since it's ours. But uh, Munzee's still dealing with hockey here. season. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Jared a chance. Right. Just just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> they can license uh, it off us. How about that? That's right. (laughs) We can get the courses to pay us to put them on the list. (laughs) Just give us, just give us free golf. (laughs) And the first course I'll put on that list is Minidosa. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) So how long, uh, how long have you been a pro at Minidosa? So I'm going into my fifth season there now. Yeah. Came in 2018 and yeah, we, had a couple decent years there um fought the the drought conditions that everybody's kind of been fighting and yeah there there was uh, a few issues there but nothing nothing crazy had some pretty good years and then 2020 came and it wasn't just a pandemic it was a biblical flood event right. in the middle of summer yeah so it was uh july or pardon me june 29th it was my wife's birthday. It started raining. It was the first day I took off of the season for that. And I got a call that night that the water had gone over the dike and we were going to be shut down for a few days. So it was oh, a, no. a great time to just not be there. I guess. <laughs> so there's, there was that and the whole town kind of got pretty badly affected by that. And then COVID on top of things really threw a wrench into 2020 and and 2021 we've uh made it out condition wise from flood damage and all that good stuff that's not an issue anymore just last year was more fighting the same household restrictions and everything that everybody dealt with but uh yeah by the end of the year we we had it going really good and i'm really excited for this season i was more excited 24 hours ago and I could see grass on the first fairway, but that's back to sheer white. So we'll get there eventually. Snow always melts and usually it's late April here before we get going. So we're really not that far behind, but yeah, it's going to be an exciting year here and I I can't wait. Is there any expectation that you might uh, get some because of the snowfall that uh, you might run into some water issues? Yeah, I don't even want to think about that. But okay. I, I, I appreciate it. No, I I think we're I think we're good. Uh, a lot of the melt and everything that's happened so far is kind of behind us, and the dry or the pardon me, the ground was so dry that a lot of it was going into it. Good. The river's high, but not 
crazy by any means. Mm-hmm. So, you know, barring any super crazy weather events from here on in after this, we should be, should be good to go that way. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Not to rebring it up, but yeah, that 2020 flood was, it just seemed, uh, you know, pretty substantial, you know, I think, was it your back nine was closed or one of the nines were closed. Some of the fairways were washed out. Yeah. So it was, it was both nines, but it's the front nine that sits down next to the river. It was really adversely affected. But, uh, like I said earlier, we're in the river Valley. So all the water that runs, that has to go to the river has to go through the golf course in a couple different channels. Mm-hmm. So the back nine that's a hundred feet above the river was just as washed out and wet because everything was running through it to get down to the river. And then once it got there, uh, a good chunk of one enough that you couldn't play it was underwater. Two and three were completely underwater. Same thing with four, about half of it, the whole fifth hole and a, a good chunk of six were all underwater for a substantial amount of time. Um, I think we were closed completely for 10 days and then we got the back nine open again for people to play. And by this time it's June or pardon me, July 10th or something like that. So those are the months where you really want to make hay and we didn't get all 18 open again until August 28th. So that's about when everybody starts to kind of close off. So despite that, it was still, you know, we made it through the other side just fine. Uh, Probably in thanks to COVID and the fact that these two years have been really, really good for the game of golf and how it lends itself to social distancing and all that good stuff. But yeah, there's i I've never seen anything like that. The superintendent that has been here for, 15 years I think has seen four or five flood events on the golf course which is insane and he thinks that was probably the worst one just with how aggressive the water was coming in that way but uh yeah it was a crazy thing to see and it was a crazy thing in in the town of Minnedosa too like there was I think 50 percent of people in the town of 2500 had water in their basement and some of them were like, I think there was 22 homes that were just total write-offs in general from it. So like I was sitting there looking at our golf course, but in in the grand scheme of things, there there was a lot worse happenings going on in the town. And that's when you kind of see the, the friendly Manitoba side come out and that you see in some of these rural communities, everyone stepped up huge for each other. People they didn't know, and it was uh it was a pretty touching thing and uh it was something that I hope I never see again just because of what it did, but it was uh an amazing thing to see in, in general. So yeah. That's that's twenty twenty in uh in a long, long story there. <laughs> yeah, well and a significant one too, but uh I mean good, you know, uh sounds like you know, like we said, once the snow melts, uh, we're pretty excited for season 2022. Um, I always see, I follow you guys on Instagram. You guys got so many neat events going on. Um, you know, you got the, uh, the Minnedosa masters, 
which is is that would be your club championship or is that different no that's um kind of what you'd see in a in a men's open or a ladies open kind of thing it's uh 18 plus tournament stroke play over just over the course of one day okay and uh yeah it's open to to men and ladies and the the thing with it is we usually give away a trip or something like that just at random right so yeah you don't it doesn't have to be the best golfers playing in it i mean we like to attract some decent players because first place is usually pretty substantial too it's kind of changed throughout uh throughout covid too with the the travel and whatnot not being uh you know so attractive but Mm. yeah it's it's a event that i i really enjoy putting on every year and yeah last year we sent two people to cabot and we're hoping to do the same thing this year just for just for showing up you get your name entered in that wow not too shabby yeah uh, pretty good i'm pretty good at winning prizes and draws not so much golf tournaments but (laughs) uh, (laughs) this one is for you yeah i like well i'll have to put that one on the uh we'll put that on the calendar the other one i saw was uh what is the one where you guys like rearrange the holes so you're like teeing off on one and you're hitting to like three green or you know and and the whole layout looked amazing and it kind of I don't know how, how many other courses you could really do that on. I'm sure you could, but nobody seems to do it. Yeah, that's our cross-country windup. So that's how we, we end the season. And, uh, yeah, like you said, we you tee off on hole one and you are definitely not going to hole one green. Like you're maybe going to seven or it could be 600 yards away. It could be over the hill 60 yards away. It kind of varies completely. So it's a bit of a fun challenge. It's a challenge, but it's really fun for me mm-hmm. every year to kind of arrange those. And yeah, I usually let the people who win get to pick a hole next year. So they they choose one and I kind of work around it. So the members get involved a little bit and make their own holes here and there. And yeah, it, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's difficult to come up with new ideas that aren't extraordinarily challenging like 300 yard carries to get over some things so you gotta, you gotta work around that yeah. yeah it's a fun event like uh we try to make all of them here kind of uh you know inclusive of everybody and make sure everybody has a good time that's usually our main philosophy and goal with all of these events mm-hmm. yeah no i just that'd be uh that'd be cool more courses should do that I think, but yeah. I mean, again, it, it's tough, I'm sure. And it can probably be confusing for people playing it and, you know, potentially dangerous if you don't have good, uh, defined, uh, fairways or whole locate whole layouts, I guess. Yeah. If it becomes dangerous, it's usually on me. I got to really consider where some of these drives could go. <laughs> right. Yeah. One person says dangerous. I say exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you guys obviously you hold the uh, the Iron Man, Iron Woman. I know uh, I've seen that the course is set up pretty pretty tough for those events. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It's another one that we just started last year um, to play off the the Gilbert Plain boys. They they do the same thing every year, and uh, they go a little bit more extreme in shaving their their fringes and 
fairway down to just brown dirt so that your ball rolls all the way down the hill. <laughs> we, uh, we didn't do that. We just kind of utilized the slopes that we had and kept our course looking good. I don't, I think our superintendent would have a conniption if I asked him to do that. So <laughs> yeah, we, we have, uh, some pretty severely sloped greens on the front nine. So you can get some extremely unplayable pins, but if, uh, you're signing up for that Iron Man and Iron Maiden tournament. That's exactly what you're signing up for. So it was good to just let our, our superintendent loose and have his revenge and know that no one's going to really complain because that's what it's all about. And yeah, there's a phenomenal score out of the boys from Wheat City there that came out of there. So I'm definitely going to have to pick some harder positions next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you mentioned that Gilbert Plains one there, and you know, there's that there's the one famous hole there. It seems to have uh, social media fame, and uh, the, you know, you miss the you miss the hole, and you're rolling down the hill thirty yards or more, right? Yeah, that's their their sixteenth hole, I believe. They're gonna crucify me if I get that wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's sixteen. <laughs> and yeah, our our seventh hole is a lot like that, but yeah, we're, we we. Uh, keep the rough long running up that hill and everything because of, <laughs> because of that exact reason you'd get people quitting after seven <laughs> holes coming in and tearing me a new one. But <laughs> yeah, the, it's, it's a lot the same up there. Like it's not what you'd expect in Manitoba up at Gilbert. There's a lot of crazy elevation and uh, a lot of fun, quirky holes up there for sure too. <laughs> yeah. Another place, Mike, you've been out to Gilbert, haven't you? Or, or is that no? No, no. no it, was, uh, it was another on the bucket list. Right. I was gonna, maybe going to go last year. It's uh, it's you know, it's an hour north of Clear Lake there, and uh, just never got up there. Yeah. Well, we like, again, yeah, like you said, bucket list course. <laughs> we will talk more mm-hmm. about that. I think in the uh, in the back nine lightning round, which we will be having uh, a little later on, but we have some more stuff to chat about, uh, including the Prairie Mountain Golf League. So kind of running through that, it's, uh, is it similar to like Monday putter that you'd find in the city or in around the city? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. There's a uh, Monday putter in the, in the city. And then I believe they started Prairie putter kind of in central Manitoba there mm-hmm. with Carmen and Winkler Portage, all, Minnewasta, all those courses. So yeah, I've, like I said, I, t- I talked to quite a few other golf courses and, and members at other clubs. I try to, communicate with them and see what they're looking for. And a lot of people have talked about the old inner club league that there used to be out this way. And there's some pretty awesome stories that, that have come out of I that league imagine. that I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can share on here, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So it was something that I kind of wanted to do. And I, I felt a lot of people did want to do and have a little competition between clubs out here for bragging rights and some other, you know, monetary gains. But, uh, yeah, it's more so to get members out playing other people's courses in our, in our area and seeing, uh, seeing what the whole area itself has to offer. Cause, uh, like Gilbert Plains is on there and I'm, I'm much the same as you guys. I have been there, but not nearly as much as I, I want to be. And, same with Dauphin Lake and, and Glenn Lee and Brandon. There's, there's a lot that I haven't got to, and I know I'm not the only one in that boat. So it'd be good to get uh, some people out to see these other courses and gain an appreciation for 
what we do have in Manitoba as a whole, because there, there's a pile of great golf courses. It's not just Westman and there's tons around Winnipeg and out East and everything. And even into Northern Ontario, that everybody needs to see. So yeah, it's the Prairie mountain league is pretty much exactly like Monday Potter. Each team has their own roster and I've got a schedule made up. That's on the, on the website, ready to go. And we're hoping to start that on May long, I believe. Nice. Yeah. And I guess it goes the whole season then as well. And does it have a kind of wrap up with a championship? Yeah, it's an eight week season. And then, uh, it'll be a one day championship of the top four that are left in the standings. And, uh, I took it upon myself since I was putting the league together, the championships at Minnedosa, but (laughs) nice. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There'll be a a 36 old championship that'll, that'll rotate every year to a, a different club and, yeah, it'll be one versus four and two versus three in the morning and then the championship round in the in the afternoon. So nice thirty six whole day for the the top teams. It'd be interesting, yeah, to see that kind of play out if there was something from the Monday putter, then you said Central and then Prairie Mountain, if the winners of those kind of competed in something. But maybe that's something for down the road. Yeah, I know the the guys a couple guys in the prairie one in uh, Central Mats over there that I've already said we should play off against each other kind of thing. It'd be, it'd be cool to do kind of a whole, like it's like a Manitoba cup thing in senior hockey that they just wrapped up this weekend. You get somebody from all the different leagues and, and play off for something like that. I think, uh, I think I know everybody in, in Westman might be hard up against the breezy boys there, but, uh, or, or, or Elmy, but <laughs> Yeah, it would still be fun. It'd be fun nonetheless to, you know, meet other guys and and have that kind of camaraderie province wide. Yeah, I think that would be something special too because you always see it as well, even with the like Golf Manitoba, the provincial tournaments, whether it's an amateur, mid am, you know, women's am, whatever junior thing is. Sometimes you don't see that participation level maybe where it could be when it comes to outside the city for those courses. And I think that would maybe give, you know, a nice little a view for those who play inside the city a lot to kind of say, hey, there's some good stuff that we can do and play competitively uh, outside the yeah. city as well. Yeah, no, it was great to see Nipawa hosting the amateur again. And I think, uh, I think a lot of guys really enjoyed it. And I think once they realized they went through the same flooding that we did in 2020 and were able to host the provincial championship in 2021, how they gained a bigger appreciation for how good it was. But the course itself down the road from, from us is, is really nice and it goes vice versa too. I think a lot of Brandon guys and everybody in this area would really benefit from seeing some of the courses in Winnipeg too. It's just, it goes both ways, right? Like we don't get there nearly as much and they don't get here nearly as much. It's just the, the nature of how big our province is and how spread out everybody is kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we don't exactly you, have the right? longest golf season either. <laughs> No, not at all. Especially right now. Yeah. As we're watching this snowfall. Uh, one of my questions was, uh, it's stupid, but can you identify a city golfer on your golf course compared to like a, a Westman player? <laughs> Is there something about like a city golfer that's like, oh yeah, that guy's from the city. <laughs> not, not saying that's your accent, oh. but... <laughs> It's a stupid question. Yeah, yes and no. <laughs> um, I, you can't lump everybody in with 
the one guy or whatever, but, uh, we have, yeah. the, we have the RBC scramble qualifier here every year as a lot of courses do. And we get people from, from Winnipeg area, from everywhere, really coming through that. And you get some unique characters, but, uh, yeah, when you see, you don't see guys coming out on the, on the putting green on a normal day in Minnedosa and throwing down the, the putting aids and chalk line and, and everything. But <laughs> maybe, maybe, we, maybe we spread because they, they put the lights out, but you, you don't see that very often. You know, they're, I yeah. wouldn't say they're from the city, but they're probably not from, <laughs> from Minnedosa if they're right. from something like they're, that. They're putting the putting aids down next to their three bud lights. and <laughs> <laughs> those, those are the putting aids. We've got the tweens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That, that does answer one of my questions. <laughs> and I know, Mike, another one you wanted to get into was golf marathons. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So that was, that was one of the, you know, I follow you. I followed you for a while on Instagram, Twitter, shout out, go find Patrick Law golf on, on those, on your social medias. But, uh, I guess it's called Mon- uh, marathon Monday fundraising events. And, uh, you, I think I first saw you played over a hundred holes. Um, uh, so if you could tell us a little bit about how that started, what it is and, Cause it sounds like a, a really cool event and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how much time do you got? It's, uh, it's been a wild ride. We've been doing that for 10 years. Um, good friend of mine, Dylan Thornbro, who went to the, went to school with in Glenbro and then he came out to the golf management program as well in Lethbridge and, and he's the smart one who's never left the, that, city so he's still out there. <laughs> we we still meet up uh meet up every year and yeah back in 2012 we started it um i came up with the idea to do a golf marathon and just didn't really have you know uh a good cause or anything like that to get behind it i just you know like to play a lot of golf so mm-hmm. but uh dylan had the idea to do it for the Canadian breast cancer foundation as my mom had gotten diagnosed with that uh, sometime a little bit before, uh, that we came up with that event. So that was, uh, awful nice of him and big of him to come up with that, that idea. And it's something that everybody can get behind. So we started with pretty humble expectations and, and beginnings there with, uh, you know, wanting to make a thousand bucks or 2000, maybe if we're lucky. And we, almost made six in that first year. Wow. I, I and, nice. uh, realized we maybe had something that we should keep, keep going with. And we have, uh, for quite a while, but as luck would well, not luck as fate would have it, uh, Dylan's grandmother passed away the next year from cancer as well. Um, since then I've lost a very close family friends, got lots of family members who have fought it and been the fortunate ones. And, that's one thing my mom always says to advocate is she's one of the fortunate ones that has benefited from funds being raised and all this research. So Mm -hmm. it's something that, um, me and Dylan obviously keep really close to our hearts. And, uh, I I know that almost everybody to a letter has someone that's, that's been affected by that and hopefully they haven't lost them. But unfortunately that usually is the case. So we decided to, to roll with that and keep it going as much as possible. Um, 
yeah, we, we added a supper. We added as many holes as we could possibly play in a day. Each year we, we break the record of last year. I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to do that, but <laughs> we, we do that. And we added uh, the Sunday fun day event to it in 2019. So that was actually a golf tournament in 19, 2020 and 2021 happens. We weren't allowed to really do golf tournaments the way we wanted to. So we've taken that virtually and it's kind of been a bit of a blessing. So it, it still falls under the marathon Monday umbrella. We invite anybody and everybody across the province, across the country to join in and sign up with us and play as many holes as they can on the Sunday before our annual marathon. And uh, we've seen quite a few people flock to that and, and take to that and do their own fundraising. And it's been pretty, pretty humbling all the way through. Um, really excited about where it could go and how big we could kind of make this if we get, you know, more courses involved. I've had a couple reach out to me already, which is amazing. So yeah, if we, if you guys want to take to the course for a day for as many holes as you can, that's, that's the day to do it. And, uh, yeah, to date we've last year, we cracked a hundred thousand, I think a hundred and 106 something we've raised over the 10 years. So wow. yeah, from, uh, not really thinking there was going to be much, we've, we've made it into something that we're both pretty proud of, or at least I know I'm, I'm extremely proud of. And I know no Dylan's always looking for ways to make it better and everything. He's passionate as hell about stuff like that. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been a, a wild ride and to see the town of Glenbro support us the way they have for those 10 years is, uh, is a feeling like I've never really experienced before. It's, it's pretty, pretty darn cool to see what uh, people will do for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It seems like, Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, from an idea to, you know, raising that much money, that's nothing to sneeze at. It's hard. It is very hard to raise money, especially in a charitable sense. Uh, you know, you always go mm-hmm. in thinking you're going to you know raise this amount and then it's just a slog to get there. So, uh, yeah, what you guys and gals have done for that, uh, very impressive and, and kudos, kudos to you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. So. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So how, what's, what's the record for how many holes played in one day then? Last year we played 216 holes in one day. Whoa. <laughs> and that's, that's insane. Oh, not really. I mean, I could. No, I, I don't know. I, I think I topped out at like 40 holes in a day, but, uh, but, uh, and, and is that at multiple courses? Weren't you going to like multiple courses? No. So that's just all at Glenbro golf course. Like that's the okay. original, original marathon that, that we do. Um, we just set out there when the sun rises and go. Um, but over the last couple of years, I've, kind of done a few little mini ones with, like I said, there was other Sunday fun day fundraisers and we kind of went together and promoted their, their fundraising page and went and played 54 holes at five different courses or four different courses, something like that. We've done that a, a few times and yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's like I said, I try and jam as much golf on my days off as I can. So if we can uh, benefit somebody when I'm doing that, that's kind of uh, the mentality I take into it. But yeah, so that's kind of where there is a little bit of confusion there. Cause I'm 
I'm doing a marathon, but it's not the marathon sort of thing. It's all kind of leading up to that big event mm-hmm. on the, I think it's on the 26th and 27th of June this year. So yeah, it'll be, uh, we'll see what we got planned this year. If we do any mini ones beforehand, I, I know I want to, but, uh, summer's getting pretty busy mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, well, it must there, be something uh, just to get your body in shape for that. And then also, yeah, after, like, do you go to work the next yeah. day or you <laughs> sit in the cryo chamber for a bit? Yeah, that's what Dylan always bugs me about is I get to play more than him or get these practice practice rounds in or whatever. But I don't think it's panning out. He's won the last two, so he should just <laughs> keep his mouth shut and let me keep wearing myself out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, is it, like, by the, uh, you know, the sixth, nine hole, is is that when things start to go downhill, or do you use it come in waves? Are you peaking, uh, and, it, you know, are you, like, I don't even know how I would do that. I, I find sometimes in my own game, you know, I'll, you know, start good and then get worse, get tired, and then have a second wind, and how does that happen when you're playing 200-plus holes? <laughs> yeah, I actually start incredibly slow almost to the letter every single year i do not score well off the off the start and that's where dylan usually gets a jump on me but uh yeah i don't know i just as long as you don't stop like we stopped once um when we were kind of doing the supper and all that we'd stop and for lunch and say hello to people and show our appreciation and everything and then i'd go to take the next swing and go god yeah. <laughs> where are those, uh, where are those back pills again? Dylan? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, I definitely slowed down this last year quite a bit near the end. It got pretty exhausting, but it definitely didn't really affect the, the scores a whole bunch or anything like that. It just kind of wears on your body a bit and you just hit different shots and they take an extra club here and there. And that's, that's about it. Me and him have grown up playing that course since we since we started, so we we know how to get it around there decently. Nice, nice. And they're celebrating their. I saw they were they're celebrating their 100 years this year. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I'm uh, helping out with that a little bit too in their centennial season. So yeah, it's been a hundred years of, of golf there in the same location, and yeah, I've been diving in doing some uh of the history of the golf course there and finding some real real gems back in back in the day and some pretty amazing stuff on how it all started there and yeah it's it's going to be a a great celebration there this year on the on the july long weekend on canada day weekend there so we're trying to get all the club champions from there together and it's uh yeah it's kind of kind of cool to see that list of names and there's you know, there's an amateur champion, junior amateur champion, college golfers and everything on that list. So it's kind of crazy that all of them have come out of uh, little Glumbro golf course. But yeah, when you go look at the history of it and how people kind of nurtured the game and everything there, it's kind of not a surprise either at the same time. Very cool. And hopefully there'll be uh, tea times 
that week will be at the same price they were in 19 uh, <laughs> in the 1930s or whatever. Yeah. Stay tuned on that. You might not be too far off. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, the Boneyard, the yeah. Assiniboine, uh, the Royal Assiniboine, they celebrated their centennial not that long ago, and, and they had a, a similar promotion. Uh, so it was hard to get a tea time that day. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Portage is 100 years this year, too, if I'm not. Oh, yeah. Thinking, yeah. Yeah few of them another another club i haven't played in like 10 years i'd love to get back out there but not, uh, not enough summer no 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 not enough summer not enough <laughs> not yet not enough anyway. spring yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it seems falls are getting better but spring eh. uh, although last year last year was okay safe for uh Save for COVID, but uh, nonetheless, I guess for you, have you kind of seen uh, for for this season? Have you seen an uptick in whether membership or interest uh, in and around the club? Even touching on with most people we've spoken with, just how you know you've seen that uptick in people golfing because of COVID. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Over the last couple of years, we we definitely saw an uptick, and then I mean, we haven't really started this year or anything, but, uh, you know, just in talking to people, we were doing a few things for, uh, the kind of young adults demographic sort of thing to, to grow that aspect of our membership. And there's been pretty positive feedback on that. So I think we're going to have another pretty good year, um, membership base wise and everything, uh, tournaments are, up exponentially because we're actually allowed to do them. There's not really any uncertainty, knock on wood. Yeah. With that right now, um, you know, corporate company or companies are able to do corporate events with their customers and stuff again. So it's, it's looking very, very promising that way. And I just hope we can, you know, retain some of the people that we've, we've gained in the last few years. Cause, uh, we, we really appreciate everybody coming out and supporting, the Minidosa course and, and golf in general. So we're doing our best to show that appreciation as best we can and, and make it as enjoyable for you all as, as we want or as uh, you expect it to be. Yeah. Good. It's exciting to see, except yeah, just hopefully getting, getting a tea time. Cause I know it's been tricky at some places. That's yeah, why we started a podcast was basically so we can get tea times <laughs> at these places. That's why we started. That's a great and, plan. Yeah, that DQ cakes and as well as uh, some lovely wealth management tips from Bryce Matlashewski. Absolutely. <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> Starting a golf podcast, you get all this other stuff too. Yippee. That's right. <laughs> and I golf. Well, you said you golfed less last year. Yes. And uh, I probably golfed the most I'd ever golfed last year. I don't know if that's uh, because of the podcast or not, but uh, just had more time, I guess. Yeah. Hey, it worked for you. <laughs> yeah. More people inviting me out. Let's beat the guy who has a podcast. <laughs> and then they realized it wasn't that challenging. And they're like, yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you would have said the same thing. <laughs> all right. Do you have any uh, more here? Uh, Mike, no. Or you want to jump in? No, no. I got, I got lots of, I think the back nine is going to be long because oh, okay. I got a, a few loaded questions. But, okay. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> but uh, so we can we can get into it all right well let's get into the back nine lightning round it is for Bryce Matt Lashewski who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management part of IA Private Wealth and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund 
We got his show notes or his information in our show notes. You can also give him a dingle at 204-515-3446. Yeah, go, go talk to Bryce. Give him a call. Hopefully we get him on here soon and he'll give us some some tips about uh, investing and you know and how you tax returns yeah, how, you, how you write off a trip to florida maybe maybe he'll maybe, give tips hopefully yeah <laughs> hopefully write off a trip to minidosa mm. we can make that happen. uh we could we see, or hopefully he can uh <laughs> all right pat patrick p law have you ever got a hole in one Yes, I have. I have two of them. Two? Where? Whereabouts? How old were you? What were you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, uh, last year I got one here in Minnedosa on the third hole and nice. in a men's league match. So I oh, won a few wow. holes, one of the few holes I won. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was on a par four to humble brag, but. Oh, uh, another uh, par yeah. four. But uh, my first one is the one that uh, obviously you like the most, but it was a kind of fun story. I'll try not to make it too long. It was a men's night in Glenbro, so I have a knack for that, I guess. But uh, I showed up at the golf course, and everyone was kind of overly happy more than more than usual, and somebody told me pretty quickly after I walked in the door that Gary, the guy who was running the clubhouse, got a hole-in-one. So, but put a beer on his tab kind of thing. And he's, uh, he's a great guy and I love to bust his chops, but at the same time, he's the one that I'm definitely going to put a beer on his tab. <laughs> so it was, it was funny to kind of see that, but you look up at the skins board and it's, you know, 250 bucks, I think it was, or 280. So you knew he had a nice chunk of change going in there and it was on the first hole. So, you know, socialize there and then, go up to for our match and first swing of the day I put it in the hole and pushed his $280 skin and uh yeah he was not he was not overly pleased about that so we'll all split the tab with you and we'll call it even and I still don't think he's forgiven me since but it, it was a good one to get to for it to be the first especially at the course where I've taken how many swings at that hole it finally finally went in was it a, a different pin position that day that was making with just, or it's just kind of both you guys lucked out that day? No, it was, uh, it takes a lot of skill to hit it close to the hole. And I think it takes a, quite a bit of luck for it to actually go in. Um, yeah, I don't know if his story of how he hit his is gonna, uh, you know, it wasn't very good. We'll, we'll put it that way. He didn't even watch, you didn't even watch it go in the hole. I, I heard. So. <laughs> whatever works he he got one that's more than a lot of people say exactly yeah more than more than me and then quickly on the par four there you can't you you can't just breeze over that but uh so how far was that what what kind of club did you use what hole is it on uh it's the the third hole at minidosa it was uh it's 280 yards probably ish to the pin it's a 240 carry over the pond. And yeah, I hit three wood just the way I wanted to add it. It was into the sun. We were playing late in the day and got up there and there was nothing on the green. And I, I knew I hit it pretty good. So I, we started looking in the bush behind and the kid I was playing against 
goes up to the hole and says, well, what are you hitting? I'm like, well, is there one in the hole? Like, well, yeah. Like, well, it's probably that. Probably that's what I'm hitting. <laughs> I, I kind of giggled at them. Like, what are, you, what are you hitting? Comment. And like, there's three of us playing on the hole. You guys, you guys are over there and I'm in the bush looking here. So yeah, yeah. That's how that went down. And it was a pretty, yeah, it was a pretty fun moment. I bet. Yeah. That's quite the feat. Yeah. But, definitely uh, lost. Definitely lost that match though. <laughs> ah, doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, that's what they always say after everybody's like bogeys after like a hole in one, the hole after a hole in one, you, you're just so amped up and I'm not sure if that's true, but I, uh, I make fun of the people that like get all excited and don't do anything with their hole in one ball and play with it the next hole and lose it. Oh yeah. I got, I got into the middle, middle of the fairway and was about to hit my approach and look down. I'm like, you idiot. That's, that's the same ball. You're the yeah. guy, you, you're the guy you make fun of. Yeah. <laughs> so, I asked to switch my ball and, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, speaking of, uh, your, the ball, what would be your, what's your preferred golf ball brand or model? Callaway. For sure. Nice. Callaway Chrome soft is what I use. Mm-hmm. JR, that's, that's, that's what you're ball. using. Yeah, that's what I use. And interesting uh, enough, not it's not the ball I use, but uh, I I was big on the uh, used Pro V ones, uh, getting them from the on and all farmers market. I don't know if you ever been out there. Go <laughs> yeah. see Dave, Dave at the on and all farmers market. Uh, hope to see him back this summer. But one of uh, on your ins on the Minnesota uh, Instagram, you got uh, Monday. What is it? Monday education. So you have all these different tips about uh, golf. And one of the more recent ones was about golf balls. And it was, I think, a My Golf Spy kind of comparison between a brand new Pro V1 and a used Pro V1. And I think you're getting about 40 yards less on the used one and uh, and some inaccuracies as well. So that might be just enough for, to sway me to uh, using a, a new ball. Yeah, it's, uh, hey, that that's their re- research. I'm just piggybacking off of it, but uh, they put it, that's what they do for a living. So I'll put exactly. a little bit of stock into it. I'm sure they found a very cut up Pro V1 to do that. Uh, <laughs> research with but I bet nevertheless it's uh it's not cheap to buy new balls but uh it's the piece of equipment you use on every single golf shot so for sure it, it is kind of crazy that that people kind of balk at that it's like well you, you're using a 700 driver there 10 times around you can probably shell out the 20 bucks for that sleeve right Right. And then I think you had mentioned and, and, uh, Bree Tukarski uh, mentioned this in our last episode is, is get fitted for a ball or find a ball that kind of suits, uh, your, your swing speed and, uh, or, or the feel of the ball around the greens, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Get fitted for, for everything. It's, uh, mm-hmm. something that I think a lot of people don't do. I think we're seeing a lot more of it, or at least I am, I am here for sure. And, uh, yeah, there's not very many people that are fit or swing the way you need to for an off the rack set of clubs or, you know, they could be playing a golf ball they think is good, but really 
they're they're killing themselves with it kind of thing so mm-hmm. yeah definitely get fit for for absolutely everything it, it can make a huge difference or it might make a marginal difference but if you're in the market for new clubs anyway most of us are going to do the fitting for you and, and included in the price of those clubs so yeah. you may, may as well get what's right for you and if you want to be really good, make sure it's a Callaway. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. Yeah. You're, you're well here first. <laughs> Off to get fitted for a new baseball cap, maybe. You're a big... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, moving on then. What it would be, uh, you know, obviously you're, you're Westman man. Uh, what would be your favorite course to play in Manitoba? Um... That's hard. There's, oh, there's a lot. Like my my favorite course to go out and just enjoy myself and play might be Pleasant Valley, in uh, in southern Manitoba there, southwestern Manitoba. It's really close to where I grew up, and always yeah. have a lot of fun there. It's right by uh, Killarney. Yeah, you're right. Another good course too. But Pleasant Valley, I just it probably helps that I score reasonably well there. But it's it's fun. It's quirky, and that back nine can eat you alive. I still haven't quite figured it out, but it's a lot of fun to just go enjoy yourself with the buddies and, and play around there. And yeah, they're, they're great to you down there, but, uh, I always enjoy getting into the city and yeah, I don't know if I'm going to name names in the city cause there's a lot of great ones there too that, uh, I haven't been to nearly as much as I should, but yeah, there's a yeah. lot of great ones there. Feel free to say a Cinnaboyan golf course or uh, oh, they're they're on the list. Yeah, Tuxedo and and all the top ones there. Well, that's a good. I don't know if we've ever had a Pleasant Valley Mansion yeah, in, first, and, yeah. Uh, but I've heard great things. Again, I, I try to keep it unique and different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would be a bucket list course in Manitoba that you've never played that you'd love to get out to? I've I've never been to Buffalo Point. Heard lots of good things about it. Uh, it's just never really worked out. I think we were potentially gonna go there maybe in 2020 for a friend's bachelor party, but uh, you no, know, COVID did what it did and kind of messed with that or messed with the bookings. So I'd I'd still like to get down there for sure. And uh, yeah, that'd be a big one. Like I said, there's lots of little nine holers around here that I, I want to get to that I haven't been in a long time or at all. Um, yeah. Or whitewater and Thunder Bay. I know that's outside of Manitoba, but they're, they're part of our PJ Manitoba zone and yeah, a couple of great professionals there that I'd, I'd love to go visit and see, see their course. I hear nothing but great things there. So yeah, that would be another wild card one there. That's kind of nice. off the board. Yeah, have to check one. that out. Have to check that off our uh, golf Manitoba bingo card. Right? Yeah. Or whatever, or what whatever we're marketing as. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's all the spreadsheet. If they're uh, yeah, if they're part of Golf Manitoba there, but uh, nice. We'll have to get out. Have to get out east. Have to get out west. Have to get out north. <laughs> South a, lot tra- a lot of travel, at least gas is cheap, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe out west. Um, so, yeah, quick scroll through your, your Instagram, and I can see that you're either uh, really good at Photoshop or you've played 
many i'll call them famous courses uh so i get this question would be what is your most memorable course that you've ever played uh you can give us a, a top three and i can fill in the blanks because there are some 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 big dogs there yeah i've been pretty fortunate to to play some of those courses um the most memorable for sure would be cypress point in california um it's usually number one or two or three depending on on the rankings in the world so uh really really lucky to be able to have done that one just around the corner from pebble which i have not played it's a thorn in my side to be down there and and eat lunch on that patio and not touch that golf course so um yeah cypress is for sure a standout there and there's lots of others that i could name tobacco roads one that a lot of people probably haven't heard of that is insanely fun and uh very unique golf course right next to pinehurst so that that's another one that would be super memorable how did you end up getting on to cypress because that uh is a pretty tall task just happen to be friends with a guy who knows a guy (laughs) (laughs) that's about it i i had nothing to do with setting it up i was just one of the fortunate ones along for the ride so Mm, wow that was just right place right time kind of thing yeah i mean i can see uh tbc sawgrass yeah uh tory pines pinehurst number two uh, one one that's on my bucket list is uh, Riviera. Uh, how is the same same friend of a friend of a guy that got you on there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much at, at Riviera it was too. Um, we played a lot of courses in California there, and it's pretty cool to watch the PGA Tours West Coast swing and see see some of the shots that look familiar and where these guys are playing. Riv is definitely it might be top three. It, it was, it was unbelievable experience and we got it on such a perfect day. And, uh, I imagine it's very similar as a lot of these places are, but I think Riv kind of stands alone in its own way with like Augusta and that is you have to go there and see some of this elevation and the size of these trees and mm. everything to really appreciate it. They do a pretty good job on TV, but it never quite does it justice, but yeah, it's it's one I definitely want to go back to. I'd go to you go to California for months and not play all the courses there. Right, right. You see uh, Adam Sandler out at the Riviera or uh, Larry David, all, we, all these celebrities. We may have saw Larry David on the range actually. <laughs> <laughs> it was from afar, but that swing is pretty unique. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. That's the uh, Riviera certainly on my, uh, certainly on my bucket list of courses. So, uh, what would be, uh, what would be your bucket list course anywhere in the world? Anywhere in the world, it would be Terra Edie in New Zealand. Okay. So it's, it's a unique one. Same thing. I, I give unique answers, but yeah, that's uh, good. That is it, good. It's one that probably not many people have heard of. I think it's fairly new and they're building another one right next to it, but it's just right on the ocean sand everywhere. Kind of, uh, looks like banned dunes on steroids to me. And I've always wanted to get to New Zealand. So 
that uh, that is definitely a bucket list thing. Is yeah, New Zealand, Australia, that whole Sandbelt region, Australia, would be a lot of fun to visit. Royal Melbourne and Kings Heath and all those would be amazing to to see those. But yeah, Terry Eady's one that stands above the rest for me. Terry Eady, I'll have to have yeah. to check that one. I'm looking up. I feel like I know a Terry Eady. Yeah. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll send you a, a link for a good video. It's it got me going a few years ago, and now I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> hey, golf porn, right on. All four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Let's go to New Zealand. Yep. Uh, what uh, what would be your career low round, and where? Um, I believe my career low is sixty six here in Minnesota. That round that I got the hole in one on, I think that's what I ended up shooting. So that nice. that helps the scorecard. Yeah. And then yeah, I've been thirty one a few times in in Glenbro, and one of them was with a lost ball, so that really stings because a twenty nine would be a lot of fun, but. Yeah, in competition, I don't, I don't get out to a ton of tournaments, so I, I don't even know what, what that would be, to be perfectly honest. But, yeah, I've, I've shot a few low ones in in uh, Pleasant Valley, but, yeah, there. I think 66 is what I'm going to count in Minnedosa because there's guys with me and uh, witnessing the whole thing. Nice, yeah. Good. Well, we'll uh, clock it in, 66 on the – on the spreadsheet here. You got something to shoot for when you come this year. Though. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you yeah. saying we should bring yeah. a six, six or <laughs> you, got, you got the code there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so next one, my wild card, I was, uh, I was deep diving on your website there, patricklawgolf.com for our listeners. Go check that out. That's patricklawgolf.com. Uh, so you got your blog there, which is super, super cool. And I saw that you had the, the history on the uh, Glenboro. I haven't do- dove into that yet. And uh, But one that caught my eye, I think it was from 2017, the entry of the uh, Spirit Sands Golf Club. And so you kind of painted a destination golf fantasy of uh, south of Carberry there. There's uh, the sand dunes in the Spruce Woods area. And kind of just going over, and I think we've heard it before, is that the, the landscape there would just provide an ideal canvas uh, to not make one, but several championship golf courses and, and create a, a golf destination. Um, so I was curious, uh, have you gener- generated enough funding yet to get this project off the ground? <laughs> they just they just won't call my number on Friday for Lotto Max. They, they just won't do it. So no, I'm still at zero, but uh yeah, that would be uh, the ultimate dream for sure. I need to have uh, Mike Kaiser kind of money to to do something like that, like he did with Band of Dunes, Cabot, Sand Valley, all that stuff. But yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting that you you mentioned those in the in the blog. Uh, in in that Bandon was nothing before, not much. It was probably just a coastal town before, and then they put you know championship golf course there and and build it and the people will come and uh that'd be interesting to see if we could do that in uh that that spirit sands area obviously our climate is slightly different and maybe the uh plague months 
wouldn't allow for as much revenue to be generated, but uh, certainly exciting to think about. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that I've thought about a lot, obviously, but uh, I thought about it for quite a while. And then Riley Johns and Keith Reb, who were doing work on Elmhurst, took a stroll in there and they had their own post about it. I'm like, well, those guys do that for a living. So maybe I'm not crazy to think that that would be cool. But uh, cool is a good word for it because that'd be a hell of a job posting to to get somebody to come up here, build something like that. And oh yeah, by the way, it's going to be 20 degrees for a small little window in the year. So you better book that <laughs> in. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of variables, <laughs> a lot of variables to that. But it'd be very cool to, to see something like that happen because that's amazing land for golf out there. And amazing land to just see to be perfectly honest if you're ever out in the spruce woods area there's lots of cool trails and everything through there to to go check out and get away from things for a little while for sure yeah which is something i've taken up recently is uh hiking or or i like to call it walking in the woods um (laughs) (laughs) i know they got uh devil's ditch up that way and you get some cool uh some cool uh viewpoints and yeah uh, just to see that i know i went to the dunes when i was younger and it was like we're in the we're in the desert like it was just amazing to see right but but uh cool well uh so to our listeners uh invest in uh, this uh, championship golf course well, in spirit sense it was tyler kearns too he brought it up last year on the on the pod uh yeah, golf architect yeah. and he said yeah that's would be the the perfect spot for some world-class golf mm-hmm. yeah it's just it doesn't seem like it'll work but you know like a lot of people have made it work and you know like i went out to cabot myself in october there and when you drive out there and finally get there and everything it is truly in the middle of nowhere like it's gorgeous and it's unbelievable and everybody should go and they have the benefit of the ocean right there. Mm-hmm. But it's it's been something that uh, he never thought would work. And I think Bandon Dunes is building another course. And Sand Valley's got two more in the middle of Wisconsin. And I know, I'm pretty sure Cabot is making another one down the road too. So they're just investing more and more in these and doubling down on it. So, yeah, I don't know if you could build just one and have it work, but if somebody wanted to sink a whole pile of money into something, <laughs> I've got an idea. <laughs> I'm, not saying I'm not saying you'll ever get it back, but I got a great idea. I would enjoy a lot. We would all very much enjoy that. Um, good, good, good. Well, our, our flagship question of the uh, back nine lightning round, uh, what is your favorite condiment? Smack dab mustard. There's another Smack one. Smack dab mustard. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Hands down. And is there? And there's like a few different uh, flavors of that. Is that true? I, oh, uh, I yeah. recall. There's, but. there's lots, and they're all great. Beer chipotle is kind of my my go-to. But uh, yeah, there's there's tons that you can have. There's hot ones, mild ones, mm-hmm. normal mustard. If, if you yeah. want something yeah. like that, he, he does it all. It's it's great stuff. 
Great. Yeah, I know. JR, you're a big fan of smack dab. I like I like all mustard, so I don't I don't discriminate. Uh, it's good. <laughs> good local product. Yeah. Buy local. There you go. The hot honey jalapeno. I think that's what I've been kicking around the house here. I, I believe it's a hot honey jalapeno, something like that. Something hot nice. and something with jalapeno in it. And I'm pretty sure it's honey. Either way, it's delicious. No matter no matter what it is, it's uh, delicious from SmackDown. Sounds go. good. Plug, plug. Plug. Well, yeah, we do plug them quite a bit. We'll mm-hmm. have to, uh, we'll have to uh, get a donation from them. Maybe they can invest. Maybe. All right. Well, that was the uh, Back Nine Lightning Round for Bryce Madlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204 515 3446. Patrick, this has been a slice and a good slice. Uh, not the Mike slice or the JR slice, uh, but uh, nonetheless, how can someone get a hold of you? I know Mike mentioned your website. Is that the best place to go? Yeah, you can go there. All my social media channels are at the golf course. So you can find me at Minidosa Golf Course pretty much the whole summer. But yeah, Patrick Law Golf on Instagram, Patrick Law 9 on Twitter. I'm not promising any great content. You guys have pumped it up way too too big for what it is <laughs> that's yeah, what we do. Can get a hold of me anytime i'm yeah. i'm always available you got apparel there too don't you or do you i know i see i see your sweater or your hat yeah the very nice pat yeah, okay. sweater and i got a little bit of it yeah and in, in the pro shop here in minidosa but uh cool yeah Got a lot of Glenbro Centennial stuff kicking around in these boxes behind me too. But nice, ooh, nice. Well, I keep yeah, those. It's gonna, uh, be, it's gonna say, be a big year. Yeah, it sounds like it. And uh, keep all that gear away from uh, the eight-inch custom cake from the Nick and Nikki group of uh, DQs because we know they can be uh, quite messy. But uh, we'll hopefully get you uh, one of those this summer when we actually head out there uh, and play Minnedosa. And you can check out the Nick and Nikki group of DQs, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park in the food court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. You can also follow them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. All right, thanks again, uh, Patrick. And, yeah, we'll hopefully see you this summer. Hopefully the snow melts and hopefully COVID and the water stays down. And, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see you later on uh, this summer. Really appreciate you taking the time and coming on the show. Have yourself a wonderful night. Thanks, guys. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. JR, we have a lot of fun on this podcast. But I want to take a second to talk about something that has affected me personally. Every year, millions of Canadians suffer from brain freeze. It can happen to anyone. It's a hot summer day. You're aggressively enjoying a DQ cool treat, a blizzard, a dilly bar, or a variety of personalized ice cream cakes, and whammo, brain freeze. It hits you like a triple bogey. The good news is... You can enjoy these delicious treats in a moderately sized bite. So get over to any Nick and Nicky's group of DQs and enjoy some DQ treats safely. DQ Northgate on McPhillips, DQ Pole Park in the food court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. Go see them today for tasty treats. <laughs>